Welcome back, my dear friends, to another episode of Around the Shabbos Table. I do apologize, and I appreciate that all those people, all of you who reached out um, to us about a non-episode, our uh, no-show last week, um, my co-host, the father, was not here, uh, was not here, so we are unable to record, and Baruch Hashem, we are back, back better than ever. And we have had an excused absence. This is the excuse. We're giving the excuse right now. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> okay, this week we have a really um, great guest, a fun guest, somebody who I don't know if I could have booked him. I might have been nervous or prepared too much had I, had I actually booked him months in advance. But he showed up at my house. He showed up at my father's house. And uh, I said, you come on the pod? To which he answered, what's a podcast? And uh, he agreed. So we have with, our, with, our, with us today my uncle, the chilled uncle, Uncle Lewis, uh, Rabbi Lewis Wienerker, who, just for those of you who are unfamiliar, I'll give a little background. Rabbi Lewis Wienerker has a career in the rabbinate and Jewish classroom education for over, not 35 years, 36 years. He, he was both a rabbi in the Westchester Hebrew High School and in Hafter in the Five Towns. He's also the education director of Camp Morasha and CPA at his family's firm. So that is my uncle. You forgot, he is, you forgot Rabbi at the Woodsburg Minion. I said Rabbin it. Oh. Doesn't work? No, it's great. As a matter of fact. You just have to flex the Woodsburg Minion. No, I, I, no it, because your father, when Zadie died, your father came to David at the Minion, and your father had like this combination. A, he was an Avelos, and B, he was like a rabbi of people who were not yet there sometimes, or people listening from La Jolla, I don't mean you. <laughs> but anyway, so, so he would go, Yisgadal, the Yisgadash, and every other offer in the minion was already up to Menya Heshmei Rabba. <laughs> so, oh, he was not happy, right? Correct? Right, but no, I learned something important when I was in your shul. I, I learned, to, I, I asked you, first of all, I asked you, do, do you speak on Shabbos? <laughs> uh, to which you responded, Speak. You know, they will let me speak. And, and then I said, you know, it's a little fast there. I said, oh, well, that's our motto. If there was Hashem b'meira. Very good. You yeah. quoted me from your pulpit. Yeah. Somebody came back and said, oh, your brother-in-law quoted me from, from La Jolla. All right, so, so I had to but, add that. That's why, because I have a great story with your father from, from 1995. Oh, you were rabbi that, that long? Interesting question. Yes. It, always, it was always just a Shabbos gig? Um, no. It started in 92, I think. I was just guy, a regular guy there in the Balabas. It's in a guy's um, sunroom. And the Balabas didn't like to the, the conversations that were happening, shall we say. So he asked me to speak. And that sort of morphed into when we went sh- one Shabbos morning a month. And then when the Ingersoll Woodmere went under construction, actually in 1995, we went to every Shabbos. And then we, we added Yontif. They added Hashkama. Okay. Amazing. So I want to add something onto, um, onto Uncle Lewis's, Rabbi Wienerker's um, resume. So besides the fact that he happens to be married to my sister, um, and, and the, besides the fact, and I say this, I say this seriously, not, not tongue-in-cheek, but it, besides the fact that he happens to be seriously one of the funniest people that I know, one of the most spontaneous people I know, but he also happens to be one of the, one of the most insightful people that I know. And that he has the ability to be able to, to see something and see right into the center of things. And that's what I'm excited about tonight's episode because, oh. 
Um, I am excited about the you know the comedy, but but I'm also very excited to to hear his insights and to we you know we usually have a good you know a good go at each other with uh, you know with the way that we see the world, but he has a, a really a really great perspective on it, and I think that that's it, it's not the, you know like like sit back and, and relax because there's something great to learn tonight on the the insights that we're gonna we're gonna hear. Well, it should be noted that if I say anything really crazy. So you mentioned that point about me being married to your sister. She may have another another opinion about that if I really embarrass the family. So <laughs> just that out Wait, I edit this alone. Nobody else is allowed to sit in that editing room with me. We don't ask. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, okay, so I think you, you covered my... Uh, when Dr. Lyman, not to compare myself, this is not false modesty, this is just the truth. So Dr. Lyman gets introduced as, you know, who he is, like the president of this and the professor of that. And he always says, so you see, I can't hold the job. So I guess I could try that joke, you know, all these things you said. I can't hold the job. That's is that well? Can I unpack that for a second? I always wonder this about you. Is that are these three passions being? Um, I, have like only, a, I have only one passion. Okay, paying bills for your aunt. <laughs> that's my only passion. So that's where the Rebbe comes in. <laughs> that's where everything. That's where the Rebbe comes in. But I, what? I would drive a bus at night if I could. Yeah, you know, like just the other day we were in the living room. So uh, Rabbi Willig's daughter, Adina Wolf, is a rabbi in Woodmere. So i teaching her son, Tulane. She has five sons. I'm up to kid four. So, so she comes and she hocks with your aunt for, you know, the whole lesson. So the bar mitzvah boy and I walked into the room afterwards and we heard the following conversation. Adina says to him, by Tomer Adina El Melissa, you know that pillow on that couch matches the pillow on the chair. I think that's what she said because, again, so I turned to the bar mitzvah boy and I said, Yaakov, three words, Shalom, Asani, Isha. <laughs> Thankfully, we didn't understand what they said. We we're interested in what they said, but like they were, you know, so the, the, the pillow on the couch has to match the pillow on, on the uh, chair or whatever. What, but is that... The, no, I'm curious. I was just curious about that. Do you define yourself as a Rav, as a Rebbe, as a CPA? What's, it's, where's funny, it's funny you should say that because my father always would complain every single time somebody would call in the office about Haft or about Morasha or about somebody who needed a chesed. Some, sometimes, I'm sure this is a shock to you being his kid, but like they managed to, you know, find someone who's busy to ask rather than somebody who's not busy. So my father would always say, what, you come into this office just to take care of your other projects? Whereas, you know, sometimes in school they would say, well, he's really, his head's not here, you know, he's preparing tax returns. I don't know. Maybe I can't sit still. That probably has what to do with it, but... Maybe. You know, it's always interesting to me because it's it's like we at least in the world I'm in, we always we're looking very much for definition within our careers. Our careers help define who we are, which is probably the negative part of our either definition or careers. But um, when I look at you and I see that you're able to uh, well put all these three together and uh, and work with it, I think it's something the, unique. I don't. There's a tzad shava. There's there's a tzad shava between all of them, and that's helping people. Because his, his his accountancy, I won't go into any details, but but his his accountancy is really it's really about it's really about helping people. It's not just about it's not just about pranos. It's really about helping people. At this point, Willig would say, "Wait, this is not my eulogy. Stop." Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm asking. Oh, I disagree I'm with with RJ from LJ. Which story on that too? So RW from WP. Correct. Which I'm going to explain. So so it's Hatzada Shavshbahen is you get to. Like know what's going on in people's lives, but etzemamayenta. Now the problem is, as as a rebbe, as a CPA, you can't repeat what you know. But you know, I like to know. 
Yeah, I like to know. So you know your father's email address. Let's explain. Happens to be a, a young fella, a fellow who died young, I should say, who uh, I don't want to say whatever because it might be a little embarrassing, but a Gavaldica person, Rabbi Jeff in my age, a guy I know, knew, sadly. So he told me once, he said, so I'm driving to La Jolla, and I'm driving south, and I don't see it, and I don't see it, and I don't see it. And I hit the Mexican border, and I say, I missed it. So I turned around, and I see a sign. I said, La Jala? Is La Jala La Jolla? I'm sure you got that in your career. Many so, times. So right. So for those who don't know, Rabbi Wogelinter's email address is RJ from LJ. Now, Aaron doesn't remember this, but in the 90s, when AOL would send those like disks, and you had 30 hours of internet, and you had to decide on your, on your email name, you know, basically in, the, in, in after the 30 hours ended, you had like 20 minutes, and then it, the tape disintegrated or whatever. So I had to come up with one. I couldn't come up with one. So he was RJ from LJ, Rabbi Jeff from La Jolla, which made perfect sense. So I foolishly copied him poorly, and I'm RW from WP, Rabbi Wienicke from Wimir Place. It's ridiculous and terrible. But anyway, it was just copying your father. Akiva Wienicke, who won't let me listen to his podcast... Is this what you mean by me trying to talk and not stop? <laughs> the right. Right. No, 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 I'll tell you what. Anyway, so Akiva Wienerker was in whatever, and I don't know. Just talk into the mic. Akiva Wienerker was in primary school in those heady days of the AOL disc, and, and he couldn't come up with a name, so I got frustrated with him. He liked the number 26. He's born on the 26th. Has nothing to do with Yudk Vovke. He just like he, his birthday's on the twenty sixth, so I said no name twenty six. So he hated, he hated the name until of course what happened. And this you're going to see how old's Mira, eight. Right. So once she reaches a stage of you know twelve, you could have thought X, and it would have been the dumbest thing in the world. But if some other nut in her class, some other idiot in her class likes it or respects it, oh. Right? So Akiva Wienicke thought no name 26 was embarrassed. Then Vaihi Hayom, some high school friend of his said, oh, that's a great name. Ooh, that was a great name. Right? So anyway, I don't know how we got onto email names, but okay. Okay, so I wanted to get more into, that's interesting to me. We got into that from just uh, the different, your different titles, your different jobs, your different things you do. Um, everything comes back to email at the end of the day, eh? Certainly, certainly, <laughs> but after you were born. True. Right, people did communicate. So now, Rabbi Jeff, of course, was, how oh, can we say this? He was a player, right? So I was, you know, not a player. The only <laughs> we pretty, just give context, not while he was a rub, right? No, of course, not <laughs> while he was a rub. I was 18 years old, you know, ah. with, his, with his long hair before he went to Nair. So, like, I, I was that guy that girl said, oh, he's got a big mouth, you know, whatever, he's not so tall. So, like, I was that guy, like, like, you know, I liked the girl, but the other guy liked her too. You won't understand what I'm saying right now, so your father will. So, but I was wondering, is he calling her? So, I, so I'd call her and I'd get a busy signal. And of course you have to call him to find out if he gets a busy signal. And then it, that really makes me pathetic. Cut that one out because <laughs> Melissa will really, will really bring me to the basin to end it all on, on that story. <laughs> okay, so we could obviously we can get into Rabbanas here, but uh, maybe we'll have to do a separate... Uh, a full series. I'm, I'm sort of saving that for the series of us interviewing other Rabbanim, maybe out-of-town Rabbanim. It's, it's going to be an interesting series, but I wanted to get into a little bit of the education part of your, um, of your life, but I think that that's what my father said, that that's the Tzad HaShava, it's something you're, you're knowing, Try you're to helping. help people is what he said. I, I, it's, uh, yeah, listen, you, you, know, like you don't have to comment on it. 
Okay. Sorry. No, I'm saying, you know, that. Well, I'm, thank I'm you. Saying I, I thank you. That's, that, that I can marry your sister. I'm allowed. I'm a nice guy. That's a separate issue. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that, so I thought that education was an interesting place to go. And, and I mentioned it last night. Also, um, you're a Rebbe, an educator who stays up to date, who's up to date with his. With, he doesn't take the. Uh, he doesn't take the the role of being this, you know, older, older fellow and wise fellow. That's not your role in the classroom. And in order to do that, you have to take, the, um, you have to know more. You have to be up to date. You have to understand the kids. And that was that was one part of what I wanted to talk to you about, um, which we'll go to. But I thought of this like, interesting question. Um, you could break apart the question as you heard before the episode. My brother already did, who is our fact checker. Anytime we make mistakes here, Yona. Is Yona Wogi? Oh, yes. Yona will call and say, no, 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 no. This was the year. This was the date. Oh, wow. And uh, the, I remember because I have. Hour. Right. I remember because I have a receipt <laughs> from the ice cream we bought. So uh, do not say anything false here. So I was thinking of, a, of a, um, a scenario that would paint of a certain classroom, and then you would be able to, uh, you know, and, and it's really to both of you. That's the idea. And I want to I wanna hack that out. That's the uh, that's the point here. So would you, rather, would you rather teach a class and have a classroom full of kids who were respectful, were cordial, were nice to you, were good in the classroom, but at the end of the day, you see over the years that your message is just not going through? Or would you rather a classroom of disgruntled, angry kids who make your teaching, your time in the classroom difficult, difficult to, to get through to them as you see, as, as you feel, but... Uh, but over the years, you see that, that things that are directly related to things you, you've said and messages you've given over, they actually uh, get into the head. And you see them making changes based on things that you did. But over years, what's, a, uh, what's an ideal classroom for you and why? You're asking both of us. So, yeah, so uh, Uncle Os, you started. Well, first of all, as you were asking the question, I, I thought you were going in a different direction. Like you... You, you, let's go with the second class. The second class, you're angry, disgruntled, right? In the first class, you sort of, I thought you were going in a different direction, but you basically said, you know, kids who do well but don't really, you know, imbibe the message. Is that what you said? Right. That was the A class, the kids who, who, you know, just do well in, in Torah classes because it's a class, like they do well in Correct. Math. Right. So I, I don't know if you're going that maybe, way. Maybe not even that. Maybe you could, we could, I mean, we could build the question as we wish, but maybe even to kids who, are listening, maybe not even in A class, but kids who are listening, they're good kids. They're kind kids. They're listening. They, right. they know how to respect the parents, taught them how to respect the teacher. And, and then, so two other things. So also, I thought you were going in the direction of, and this is clearly being 61, and as you said, doing it 36 years, you, you have kids who you thought would, would be at a certain place, Latov, when they were in high school, and, and I certainly, there were kids that you thought, thought, oh no, you know, this kid... You know, is, is not going to amount to anything. Of course, Nishalfa Hashita, right? No, so the, the kid who had this great promise ended up being Jewishly, eh? Not that that's up to me to decide, but, you know, who are we kidding? And, and the kid who was angry and disgruntled ended up uh, finding his stride. So I thought maybe that's where you're going. And of course, the second thing I was going to say, excuse me, ties into that point that when I was 30, I got annoyed. That uh, you know, how come I'm not getting the top classes? Here's the thing: any Schmendrick can teach the top class. Any Rebbe you ever had, any right? And, 
And actually, your father went to Hank with like an all-star roster of Talmidei Chachamim as Rebbeim, and they were teaching what percent of the kids in your class were Shomer Shabbos? 40? Less. Right? So, so any guy who, you know, how much do you have to know, honestly, to teach modern Orthodox kids K through 12? So I thought, you know, I need, I need the honest class. And in fact, it's much more rewarding. It's much harder. And, and like I said, and therefore, you know, you see payros down, down the road, the, the kids who, you know, are, are harder to teach, even though day to day, it could be annoying because you don't necessarily feel your message is getting across. No, I will. <clears throat> who was, it was a, the quintessential Tamachacham. He was, it was way out of his, way out of his milieu. I mean, he was, he was a, a, a yeshivish person before, before really there was a, there was a culture of yeshivish people. You know, he was, uh, he used to talk to us about daf yomi. First he had to explain to us what a daf was and then what a yomi is and, and then we could get excited about it. And, um, and he was, he wrote a safer on Croesus. I mean, we didn't even have a shot that Croesus was part of Shas. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even a half, I mean, but, but he, he used to say that I'm going to tell you things now, and in 10 years, you're going to say to yourself, oh, that's what Crazy Whale used to say. And, and every guy that became something, and, and even, even people that, that you know, not necessarily became Sofrum, but, but they'll tell you that years later, his messages resonated. Because they were in, they were in different places, and you know, different places in their lives, and the messages were able to resonate. And that's to, to be able to, to teach kids that, that you're, you're sort of fighting uphill. So th- th- you know that if you're fighting uphill, something's going in. It's when they're sitting passively and they're, they're doing what they have to do and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're shaking their heads and they're saying yes. And, oh, what pasuk are we on, Rebbe? Oh, I just want to find the best. Is it on the test? Yeah, is it on the test? That's right. It's very, very often that it's, uh, it's nothing. Like you just want to shake them up a little bit. Like, the, like you know, give me something to work with. I saw a guy, I, I try not to give identifying characteristics, but he was a good kid, good home, um, but I didn't really have a big Kesher with him. And he's, uh, he's a Rebbe in a yeshiva, and not in a yeshiva katana, you know, in a post-high school yeshiva. And he, I bumped into him recently, and he said that he's turning, or he had just turned 40, and he remembers me talking about turning 40 and referencing Rebbe Akiva, my standard line. I say to kids, you haven't learned the word, you're 17, it's okay. You start now, you have a 23-year head start on Rabbi Akiva, right? So, you know, you know the Gemara, but not in staying your Rabbi till 40. At the age of 40, after 40 years, so, so the kid said he still remembers it. I said, you realize, of course, that I had just turned 40 when you were in my class. He said, you know, now that you're saying it, I realize it. But, you know, he remembered 20-something years later me talking about the importance of, of you know, looking back similar, not that I'm anything like Rabbi Will. Michael Salzbank, classic example of what Hank produced, right? Two kids from non-religious homes who ended up meeting, marrying one another, being religious. So Michael Sosbank said that he got in trouble because kids were coming from. So Rabbi Wells said, they told me you can't talk about Torah. What am I supposed to speak about? I'm a rabbi. Will Chamberlain. So do I have to explain who that was? No. Oh, look at that. <laughs> you did good. <laughs> am I in trouble? No, 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 that no. It was a double-edged... I was making fun of people being young mean, and not for knowing ball. Was yeah, but... That doesn't really prove that you're up to date, right? It's a good call. I'm not up to date if you don't. <laughs> if you know, well, if you're well holding, if you're yeah. holding, yeah. I, I also want to add. Yeah, I like the mic. Sorry. So, so you know what? I'm going to cut you off. One time, you you taught me something. I was young. Yeah. And you said you were sitting around Shabbos, and you said, "I'm taking my talents to South Beach." 
You said Le- LeBron. Who knew it? You said who said by who? Oh, oh, I tested you. Yeah. You were tested, and I didn't know at the time. It was a while ago. I didn't know. I was like, if my uncle knows, I have to know. Oh wow! And you see, you see, cannot uh, yeah, from there. That <laughs> and it really pushed me. Now uh, it's funny because um, the there was a, I I didn't know it myself. A kid in my after twelfth grade class said, "I'm taking my talents to Shiva and Tivariye." I said, "What?" He said, "Rebbe, you don't know." Well, probably he said rabbi, and I said, who? Because I make them call me rabbi, right? So, and, and they forget every time. Why do you care? So, you don't have an opinion about what you want to be called. Anyway, so he, he, that's, I only knew that because Talmud. Oh, so we're like, passing. Tainus, Marcus, right? I learned from my Talmud. No, I want to say this. This is a serious moment. I've spent, I guess, my idea, by the way, in case you didn't have a plan, was to talk about Zadie, but okay. If you call me back another time, if I come back to Israel another time, I, we could talk about Zadie. But I think you may be the last grandchild to really have known him, right? Not, so not, the, not the youngest, even, right, the youngest. The but youngest I didn't even... No? I know. Okay. Say that you're serious point, and we'll, we'll go into Zadie as well, yeah. Right. No, because it's funny that, you know, A, he was an educator, and, and you know, and, and all three of his married kids had at least one kid as an educator. And my mother, you know, you know, Zadie lived too little, right? But my mother lived even less. And so I didn't really know her. So, but I've spent, you know, my life trying to sort of make up for that or not feel bad about it. But she was an educator, A, regarding what Uncle Jeff said. He's not your uncle, I know that. Anyway, but regarding what your father said, that she taught, and not only did she teach, she held it from chesed too. So I didn't understand that at all when I was a kid, and she died when I was a teenager. But, you know, I guess belatedly, you know, you pick up on something, you want to make something of yourself. So, so maybe what you said, if it's true... It's to her credit. Belatedly, because I promise I didn't know it when I was 16. But anyway, coming back to you, cutting me off, uncutting me off. Okay, but so then um, you mentioned something that, you know, you see the kid who you think is going to be all that and doesn't end up being all that, and you see the kid who is harder to deal with, who ends up becoming. How is that, how has the challenging child changed over your 30 years? Obviously, today is different, but this also speaks to your, you know, being in touch with what the kids are, are uh, challenged with. How does it change? What does a challenging kid look like you know, 25 years ago, the beginning of your career? And what does a challenging kid look like today? I've spent most of my life in high school, so I have to go back you know, to when I was in high school, too. Um, I would say that, and this probably get me in trouble, but I think in the 70s, um, in the 70s, uh, there were kids who misbehaved. Uh, but the and this is the disgusting terms, but whatever. The good kids were just good kids, and the troublemakers were just troublemakers. Meaning, one difference is now you could have the A-class kids, you know, maybe not in Hafter, of course, but in every other school, not ours, but the A-class kids will go to Florida over January vacation and drink, So, which is something that, right, in, other words, in, your, in your high school? Which was where only the, the real troublemakers, the real troublemakers. Correct, correct, that. correct. Like I, in my head and in your head, and without names, you know, you could think of exactly who those kids were. Um, that's one difference. And, and that leads to the next point, that, that, that something that's certainly changed since high school is, is nobody drank, really. Kids smoked cigarettes and kids smoked pot. But drinking wasn't a thing. So, so, but now drinking has become a thing, again, even for the good kids. And, and it, I'm not a drinker at all. So, you know, I had grape juice under the chuppah. I, I just can't, I don't like the taste. So wine's okay, but liquor, not at all, ever really. And, um, you know, I, I went to a wedding of a student. He, it, it was like a 25, 26-year-old kid, and I saw all these kids. 
And I saw how comfortable they were, like at the bar. And they're all successful in their own way, you know, in the, in the outside world. Some from, some less from. But I saw, you know, it's not a shavish behind, is they, they're all comfortable with liquor. So that's changed too, you know, certainly starting younger. Um, a, Jew, a Jewish problem, a firm problem, or a, I, I just wonder how much? Global. Yeah, global issue. I think, I think we, they used to say that we were about five, ten years behind, right? If you look at the, the, the Beatles, I don't have to explain, but, but the, if you look at the, you know, the Beatles albums, the hair in yeshiva looked, looked like the Beatles maybe three, four, five years later, I think. Um, I have a great story. When I was a sophomore in MTA, Rev. David Lifshitz saw me in the hall and went, sophomore in MTA. So, it, you know, you knew who he was. He had, you ever see a picture? He had this magnificent white beard that was, you know, you know symmetrical. And he wore the, the, the coat, right? And, and he wore an up hat. And remember, why you, this wasn't a thing. The Rav didn't wear an up hat or a long coat, and he had, you know, a beard only after his wife died. And we didn't, we off the air, that would be annoying. But anyway, you're good, you're good. Anyway, so, come here, get a haircut. This is 1975. So, I was a cool guy, but I went and got a haircut. And thinking I was going to see, I, I never saw him again until years later. That's a whole other story. But anyway, I don't know how I got onto that about hair. I would say that the internet's obviously changed that. Kids don't read. Kids, I know this is classic teacher stuff, but it's true. And maybe we sound like our teachers, but kids don't read. Kids don't have an attention span. Kids have cold over officer in their hand, right? Certainly in my classroom. Certainly in my classroom, and not only in my classroom. You know, meaning the quote unquote to the right. Another silly term, but but you know, to somebody somebody I asked everyone today in the mall. Someone said, "Do you have a TV?" Right, right. With some guy. Some guy saw we were dosim. So in the, in not Mali, the way, the Modian Mall. So some guy started with your father. Some do you have a television? So I took out my phone. See, I got a television right here. They said that they came in here and they said, oh, you're from, we don't need to put a, a TV in. I said, who has TVs anymore? Right. You, you, also have the, you also have the time thing. <laughs> it's not only the Prescott and the things that they're watching, but the fact that they're spending so much time on it. And that, you know, you, you're, you're not dealing with a problem in the classroom. With, with good kids also, be dealing with a problem with class and kids are exhausted because they, they stay up so late watching it's good and doing and, it's, and it just adds, it adds another level of complication. So you can have kids that are not drinking and kids that are not even into porn but they're just, they're, they're just exhausted. Wogler just said the word porn. <laughs> no, he's right. And though. it's that one, not me. Yeah. But, but I, w- I would add one more thing regarding to what your father said, you know, apropos of what your father said about my whale. There was, a, there was not a cynicism um, then, meaning I knew there was such a thing as a guy who learned. And your father certainly knew there was such a thing as a guy who learned. And your grandparents sent him to Nary Israel after 11th grade in Hank, which your father like, points out what it was like coming there and how he dressed and how he thought. And, but the idea of and this is, I think, what a little bit what differentiates, you know, the, the modern Orthodox world from, from the world that you were educated in post-eighth grade, and that is that the year in Israel changed modern Orthodoxy, meaning there was no such thing as anyone learning Dafyomi or learning on their own, really, except Vyachidim. So what happened was, starting with the 70s, when the boys and the girls started going to Israel and coming back, so... So, so yes, a lot of people and many, many, many of the of the parents in my school are the products of that already. 
but it brings with it like a cynicism in the sense that I'm not flipping or I'm not doing that or I'm not becoming from or I'm happy where I, where I am, which you didn't have an hour didn't. a day. There was, no, you know, there was no thought when I'm going to BMT in 1977, you know, how am I going to, um, I have to worry about how I look when I come back, which every kid I do Israel guidance in after, they think about like what I'm going to come back, will I be like him, will I be like her, right? So it, it didn't exist because it was still in its infancy. It was still... the. You know, the, the, the whole concept of, of serious learning on a, on, a, on a large level was, you know, not, certainly not exist in the modern world. Right. There was, a, there was a certain purity when it came to those things. Better, yeah, word. Better word. Yeah. It's, uh, but I wanted to go back for a second because, you know, it, it could very well be that in some of our schools we're, we're dealing with less, you know, you don't, you're not dealing with more destructive behavior. You're not dealing with more... With with worst kind of behavior, you have when when the kid falls, he falls pretty far. But but on the average kid that's in trouble, right, he's in trouble. But it's still it's still pretty you know, relatively mild. But it's just totally different than what he was in trouble with, in you know the, when we were growing up, because because now he's in trouble with things that that, that take him further away. You know, the kid was in trouble. He was whatever he was. He, he was he was attracted to other things, or he was into. You know, in our school, he was into girls, or he was into just things that were distracting. But now, the stuff that, that that takes a kid down could be could be things that you know a little bit more a little bit more troublesome. He could fall a little bit further. Well, uh, Rabbi Kenny Hershorn, who's classmate of Aunt Melissa's, uh, went to Hank as a Rebbe in Shiva yeah. Said we stoned to Rabina, and he said Rabina said, "What did you do in high school?" He said, I, "I hung out with girls and I played ball." So Rabina said, "Oh, normally it's a horrors. Right? right, so which now you know you know that halavai that everybody would that would would have that kind, of, but I, but I I would I hear what you're saying. You know, pe- people I think were more into crazy drugs in the in, in the '60s and '70s, right? Moshe Feinstein has that famous tshuva about smoking pot in '65. A funny tshuva, right? In other words, he's like going like this to say it's usher, it's usher because it's against kibbutzov, it's usher, you know. But if somebody was really asking the question, and 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 the mishpacha magazine, somebody this Rabbi Newberger, I think. Wrote, I don't think it's related to the, is he? No. So he wrote this piece about how the fact that Jersey legalized pot, you know, is going to change yeshivas. So I'm not so sure 100% I agree with you. I think it's like what we discussed in the mall today. It's that the world, and maybe it starts with, this is simplistic. I don't think it's insightful. But, you know, you and I watched Happy Days in the 70s, right? So Richie Cunningham's father was like a shtickle bumbling, but he was lovable. And he, and, you know, and the, his parents were menschlich, and respectful, and by the time he got a couple years later to married with children, they were perverted, and they and they were you know and and they were you know like the Simpsons. I know I don't want to get in trouble because I know there are people who swear <laughs> by the Simpsons, but I'm just saying the whole idea that the I'm fathers not one of them. <laughs> the fathers are done. So no, Daniel Feldman, who's a big Tamachach, was written about ten svarim. You know, could write an eleventh safer about the Simpsons, but but you know it changed. And, and again, this is also simplistic. You know, but JFK was doing cold over us in the White House, but it wasn't when 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 Bill Clinton did cold over us in the White House, it changed the world. I remember your cousin Yael Schwechter, then Eva, you know Yael Winnicker, said, "I hate President Clinton because she was eight years old watching the news." And it's oh. so the, the world has changed. It's like you know now everybody, everybody you know there's nobody who's in charge. So so kids don't feel, parents push the envelope and kids push the envelope. You, you know people who I think, I think. You know, the era of the rabbi leaving when the people would do mixed dancing, 
that is not a thing anymore. It's understood. We're doing mixed dancing. Not that mixed dancing is the worst thing in the world. I don't want to get in big trouble here. If only all my students who went to secular universities went there with a girlfriend or boyfriend they met at after high school, two kids from Orthodox homes, ooh wah, and stayed, that, and that, stayed that, Orthodox. That would be great. Right. That would be great. But, but still, you know, that's changed. You know, you know, it's a little bit in your face. We do what we do, too bad. So how do, you stay, how do you stay on top of that? How do you constantly keep your finger on the pulse with your kids, with your students, to know what they're, to quote you, abnormal Yetzirahs are? It's hard because I am 61. It's, I just told this to somebody recently. When I first year in Westchester, 85, 86, a kid, I was 26 years old, so I was still thinking I was cool, which was something Daniel Schwechter told me, my son-in-law, who is you know, superstar Rebbe in Hechel Torah in Tinek. So he told me that I told him, that's called the shameless plug. Yeah, T4. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daniel Schwechter. Let him tutor your children at $300 an hour. Anyway, he also has a wife who grew up in the five towns. So Link in the description. What? Link in the description. You have to know how to ah, follow good. it through. He told me that I told him, don't try and show off to you. Tell me them how cool you are at the age of 15. A, because it's not going to impress them. And B, because they'll just say, they'll just say, you know, so I could do it too. And now my Indian, Indian, but also Indian, Rabbi Mayor Tversky, who's a Rabbi in NYU, I, I had him come and speak after about 15 years ago. So I said, Mayor, he's, he, he, he acts and looks about 20 years older than I am, but he's, you know, he's my age. So I said, can I tell these guys you went to Harvard? So he said, no. I said, but you did. He said, right. But I grew up in my parents' house, and my grandfather, Salvechik, lived in my house. So if they had that situation, maybe. He said, but, you know, but I don't want them thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, Tversky did it, I could do it. Right? So I told my son this, this. That being said, so I made that mistake. When I was 26, I thought I'd be the cool Rebbe. So a kid shows me a ticket to a rock concert. So first of all, it was Friday night. And he didn't even realize he's not a from kid. From, okay. So it's ticket, this is the 80s, live at the academy. So I had a Shaila. Who's live at the academy? Like maybe everyone knows you have to ask, meaning it's such a big concert that if you have to ask who's performing, right? That, oh, no, maybe the name of the group is the Academy. The kid says, no, Rabbi, the name of the group is Live. So that was mid-'80s, 90s, whatever. I double-checked it because I thought I might tell this story. turns out they were, they were ashamed of her a little bit in the 90s also. But, you know, so it's a little harder because I don't understand the references, and I've a little bit reached that stage where it's like, oh, my gosh, that interests you? Like, it's, it's so profane. It's like they ever, that's another difference. That's another difference. If you went to a movie that was that was R-rated in the seventies, Jeff went. I didn't go. I'm joking. But if you went, if you went to a movie in, in, that I didn't know Jeff in the seventies, if you went to a movie that was R-rated in the seventies, it was prussed. Now that's PG-13, maybe. Hey, B is there were no, especially Netflix. I mean, and I'll ask you without lamenting it, but I'm just saying, even just a uh, you know Netflix series, a, a TV show, these. That's um, that's got that's some got some good score, as they say. In it. So, so it's, and, and it's hard I'm, to make I'm that not mention. Talking, I'm not correct. I'm not talking about the nudity. Right, correct. correct. And the uh, you know and, and that kind of stuff. I was just honing in on the on, on the nipple path. Just the the words that appear in magazines that that Kaseder they hear having their songs. It, it's mind blowing. So I don't know. It's hard. So it's I, even. So his, the answer is you, you can't play the old man. But you don't, you know, don't stoop to their level. But you know, sort of like what I learned in thirty-six years in the classroom is don't don't fight every single fight. You know, pretend not to. If that's a big thing, uh, Rabbi Willig's story. So I'm a division head, mid '90s, Morasha, and 
it's Tishvos or Willigan from Chatzos till the end of the fast, reads. He doesn't learn. He reads. What does he read? Like he reads, you know, English Judaic uh, history. He's not reading, uh, you know, uh, schmutz, right? He's reading things that are... So at one point I walk near him and he says to me, without looking up from the book he's reading, he says, Lewis, this guy's shooting off like rockets. I said, yeah. He said, yeah, I thought so. He said, I know if I look up, that will have, you know, given them a certain pleasure. Oh, look, Rabbi Willig saw us. He said, I haven't looked up from my book in an hour and a half. Right? So that's a chachma. That's a chachma to not hear, you know, the kid, no. the kid who right before class starts throws off the F-bomb, right? And, y- y- you know, you don't have to make a whole to do about it because inevitably if you're a good enough Rebbe and they respect you a little bit, the kids will go, you know, they'll like point to you. You don't have to do it. They did your work for you. Right, I think you're saying a very important use of you can, you, you can be relevant without stooping to their level. You can, you can understand their video games. You can, understand, you can know the names. You can know the names of the movies. Nothing beyond that. But you know that they mention it. You say, oh, you know, I thought that movie was you know, rated what, whatever. But you, you're, you're, you're into the culture. You understand the culture. But at the end of the day, they know that you're not part of that culture. And, and you have to, you know, you have to, to toe that line so that you're, you're relevant to them. You're not, some, you're not some old bumbling man, but that you're, that you're nevertheless not on, their, not on their level. They know that they can't get you to do certain things. But, it's but, such a hard, it's, today it's so hard. Just this is lamenting because you want to mention, you know, the most power of podcasts out there was not crude. Uh, Joe Rogan, you want to, he's a, he's, a, he's a wise guy. Do you know that? Do you know? <laughs> I'm not uh, holding all right, so I, 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 I got, I'm one up on you. You're, you're like a thousand up on me. So you mentioned Joe Rogan. He's a you relatively clean Rogan, guy, yeah. okay? And you mentioned this to your Talmudim, but every other word is a swear word. Oh, it is. And, yeah. and, he's, and his, his, his basis, he's an MMA, mixed martial, the UFC. That's, he's a commentator, so that's what he does, which as a sport, it's, that's not boxing anymore. That's, that's almost what Netflix did to, you know, rated our movies is what... Uh, the UFC did to boxing. Boxing was a sport. UFC is, it is a sport. Understood. I'm not. I don't want to get in trouble here. But I'm just saying. It's killing each other. It's killing. Each, I mean, that's right. a that's a brutal sport. That's something right. way further down the road. My rebbe used to cry about about boxing. He didn't know Rebbe Tellner. Rebbe, rebbe Tellner from Neri Israel didn't know. UFC didn't exist. You put two guys in a cage. So like that's what he is. So you're mentioning that and like. There you have the UFC, that whole that whole tyra in there, and then you have the the swearing every other word. Like it's a. I, I want to point something out. You know, people from there you saw talk about Rabbi Tell He's in the next world now, correct? Correct. But I'm saying you could have a Rebbe like that who who's so tummy that he doesn't even know. As long as you have the other Rebbeim in the school who do know about it, meaning because if you have a building full of Rebbeim who don't understand where the kids are at, so that's disastrous. That applies in yeshivas and that applies in, in modern Orthodox day schools too. But as, as the rabbi said, you know, don't stoop to the level. But I, I, I find also my white hair enables me to subtly say things that they hear that they wouldn't hear from a 30-year-old, right? So, you know, and, and I, you as the rabbi 30, you were trying to say things they wouldn't listen. And now and I, and I thought I had to, you know, like, be a certain person. Now I realize, I think I heard this from your rabbi, my friend, that, you know, at 40, he thought this. At 60, he realized nobody cares about you anyway. Just do, who you, do what you are. And now I actually have a granddaughter who's in ninth grade. So I, over and over I said this year, I said, you know, I, I, you know, I got a grandchild your age. Not a child, a grandchild your age. You know, and this, but there's things they have to hear. 
this, you know, that whatever it might be about that I, I over, like I should have taken notes. I had a freshman boys class this year that I, that I, you know, more than once I gave, you know, most of, without, you know, singling anyone out, just in, ch- in general, talk about something that, that I know resonated, you know, that I know they heard. A couple of kids didn't want to hear it, but, you know, but when they hear certain things <coughs> that come from the, the white-haired 61-year-old, it, it, it makes a bigger impact than when you were 30 and you said those same things. It's, yeah, uh, so. Because they, because they whoa, like, like, whoa, you know, you th- they, think you're, they think you're over the hill, but then when you can relate to them, and it's, it's, not even, it's not even contemporary things, but when you say something that resonates with them and that, and that makes sense to them. You know, I just recently spoke to, I'll, I'll leave out the name of the place, but I just recently spoke to a boy's yeshiva of guys here that are um, floundering. You know, they're, having a, they're, they're trying to find themselves. And, and the guys went nuts. And, I, and I, it was a schmooze that I give often to, but to adults, to, to women, to, to girls' schools. I mean, it was something that it was... But, but it hit them at the right moment. And what struck them was is that somebody who looks like me, you know, they expect to come in and say, Apis, maybe you should think of this. And, and, I, and I, you know, I, I said it in a way that was... Which is just a word or two, not not trying to to fake anything, but just a word or two, and and it was it was something that really impacted them very very deeply. Um, I have a, I had a partial class ninth grade, two different ninth grade girls classes this year, so I, you know it's much very easy to teach partial class when you have vortlach, you know, embracious and shmos. What do you do, right? So once I hit vayikra, which has the more mitzvahs, I think, certainly per pasuk than any of the other. So I basically went to Tormasor. There's like a website. A guy has like pictures of each mitzvah. Interesting. And I just scrolled it on the board. So at Parshas Emor, so I'm literally going through the mitzvahs. Just, you know, the ones that, you know, that I still don't, didn't know their mitzvahs, even though I'm like, right? You know, okay, forget those. You know, but, but you know, like pigeon Peter Hamor, what? But, you know, the, the, so Emor, so I said, Isha, you know, Grusha, right? So Ishan, I'm a Balkore, so of course I just drew a total blank. But anyway, so you know, here's who a coin can't marry. So you got to be careful. You got to be careful for a number of reasons, which, you know, whatever. Right. I, 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 yeah. But the point is, F- fathers and boyfriends. Yeah. Right. So um, I said, number one, I don't want anyone walking out here saying that just the fact that a coin can't marry a divorcee and the fact that a coin can't marry. Uh, a loose, wanton woman doesn't mean a divorcee is a loose, wanton woman. So number one. Now, that's a side point because, you know, divorce, how many kids did you know from divorced homes growing up? One in our class. Right, same thing with me. Right. And, and, and when you talked about it, you whispered. Exactly. So, so and, and listen, the Chumash ha- has, it, and it's a whole Masechta, so it exists. But for whatever reason, it just wasn't done in, in the world we grew up in. And now it's, it's more common. Uh, no, no value judgment made, just facts. So you got kids in the class whose parents are not married to one another. You need, they need to hear. Wieneker said that, that, a, that, that the only thing they have in common is a Cohen can't marry them. The Cohen has more rules. In no way are they the same. I said, number one. Number two, and my kids told me I shouldn't have said this. I was going to get canceled. I said, number two, you know, what does it mean a loose, wanton woman? 
I said, if there's a girl in this school, I said, of course not in this school, maybe an SKA, standard joke, which is how I do it, right? And I was, you see, I did it on this podcast too. I said, not in Hafter, right? They're, they're the only. So I said, there's a girl in the school who kisses her boyfriend, right? And I always, I always use that, right? In other words, I, I, I revert to the, there are other Lashonos that they use, which have changed since we were kids and now, and a couple in between. But I always go with, what? Like Tamar and Yehuda, right? They, oh, they kiss, ah, right? So very good. So I always, I always teach that, and I quote your wife, actually, because I always say, that this, I said, Akiva's third grade rabbi wrote us a note saying, we're going to skip the 38th parak of Bracious, but Mashiach is born, so I have to tell the boys Mashiach is born. Yal Schwechter, who was the classic nerd who you know, vomited back literally everything the teacher ever said, right? So, like I joked that if we sent her to the Lawrence Public Schools, then we public schools, she would come home and study dates with Shaniqua and Shawanda, right? Those would be, she would just, you know, find the kid who's going who's gonna to study. I hope I don't get canceled on that. But anyway, so, so she came home two, three years later and said, my mother said that we're in a rush. So we went straight from Lamed Zion to Lamed Tess, Ooh. but Mashiach is born at the end of Parak Lamed Ches. That's creative. Right, right. Yeah. So Shashi Wogi oh, yes. said, she asked her class, what's this Parak rated? Mora, it's not rated anything. Shem put it in the Chumash, we're going to learn it. Whatever, Veshich Esartza, I don't want to know how, but no, fourth grader doesn't understand anyway. Okay, so when I teach that, I always say, okay, it's ninth grade or twelfth grade. You skipped it in third grade, and of course, every single kid goes, this story's in Chumash, right? We skipped this story. I said, good. So if you could learn biology and you could watch Netflix, you could now hear this story as I'm going to tell it. I said, my face might turn red. You know, I always do, you know, show them that I'm also shtickle uncomfortable. My, my face might turn red. And if something happens, it's that somebody says the wrong thing, everyone's taught to giggle for 15, 20 seconds, and then we got to move on. Right? In other words, because you don't want to be that, you know, that you had a reppy who was like you giggled right. at that wrong moment. Out of the room, right? right. Like, what did that accomplish? Right. right? So, you know, you have to know how to, how to work that. So, so I said, okay, number one, you know, uh, uh, the fact that a wanton woman can't marry a Kohen and a Grusha, and a Grusha divorcee can't marry, has nothing to do with, with, they're not the same, number one. And number two, I said, if a girl in half their high school accidentally kisses her boyfriend, she's not a wanton woman. You need to hear this. <laughs> Even though we, we call her that, Because right? that's all you need to know, right? Like, well, uh, you know, I did whatever when I was in 11th grade or, or whatever, even college. No, it's not what it means. I said, and third of all, and here's where I really got in trouble with my kids. I said, you know, it's the world now, men and women are the same. I said, guess what? They're not the same. Because you heard the joke I made. If a guy in high school has a lot of girlfriends, he's a player. And if a girl in high school has a lot of boyfriends, I'm not going to say the word she is. But that doesn't change in every time and in every, like the Sefer Achinuch, Bechol Mokom, Bechol Zman. Right? A, a guy who, ha, who has a lot of girlfriends, he's cool. A girl has a lot of boyfriends. Mm, she's not cool, even though she could say nivel pe, like she couldn't say it. A girl said nivel pe in our day was a truck driver. Right? A girl who drank in our day was a truck driver. Tr nothing as truck drivers, but it, it was a euphemistic way of saying not, you know, not fine. So, so, you know, I don't know how I got that. But no, so the point is, is maybe I can get away with that because, but also these things they need to hear. If I said it when I was 30, I, I was too close to their age. Now I'm 80. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, you know, you, there are boundaries to that. But but you're not. Wrong. You would not have done said necessarily everything I said, right? But no, I'm not insulted. No, and I, no, I don't think I would have. I would and take that. I would put that in my playbook. I think that's a great way of. of I mean, I do that when I if I have, when I had Talmudim in 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 yeshiva. That's when you you spell it out. Don't leave. Don't leave room because they know everything. Correct. I'm just saying of the of the lashon. Okay. Just the, the way it's presented, I probably would be a little bit calmer. A little no, bit calmer. No, 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 but okay. but honest, honest and straightforward is the thing. Better they should. I, I hear you, but I'm saying 
I could promise you this, and this has nothing to do with anything, but, you know, again, I'm in a very good school. I'm not just saying that, you know, because the silliness. I happen to be in a very good school. So, and, and we get send kids to very good universities. And, and so I'll have a parent say to me, Mike, and it still happens, my kid's not going to that boy's school or that girl's school because, you know, the, there's teachers telling them, excuse me, become more religious. I said, number one, the schools have already learned their lessons. They know that if, if school A gets a reputation, don't send your kids to this university. Then, then the modern schools, not just us, Frisch, SAR, Ramaz, Kushner, Westchester, they're not going to send their kids. I said, it's not that. I said, it's the Shunabet kids. Meaning some 19-year-old kid, a second-year kid is whispering in your kid's ear, don't go there, don't do this, become frumer. I said, so you're, you're, you're not okay with a kid from an Orthodox home who got a little frumer whispering in your kid's ear. Your kid's at Columbia University next year with a kid who's whispering crazy things in your kid's ear that you're okay with. I couldn't have said that at the age of 30. And the still parents will get annoyed about it now. But now I'm older than the parents. I taught the parents. So, you know, the age helps there that I could say that message. They still don't want to hear it. You know, they'll say, oh, you know, okay. Fascinating. So, so Rebbe in the classroom, Rav and Ashul, what's the most important thing that you need to bring to the, to the table? Oh, posh it. It's, it's, it's not knowledge. That goes to that saying. It, you have to know stuff, right? Like Rabbi Shechter has a, a, a joke. Rabbi Shechter's very funny. I don't know if you've ever heard He's really funny. So Rabbi Shechter says that that he had a guy who got smicha from YU who had a sad, sad thing. Uh, the man died, childless. So the rabbi in the shul didn't know. He said, I, I'm okay if the guy didn't learn Yavamis, right? Oni Rochev Alachama, right? Erevin Yavamis, maybe Nozer, Nida, whatever. He said, but he doesn't know it's a pasuk in Chumash. So ballpark, you got to know, you, you know, and there's things that I've learned over the years. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh, right? Like words, and I'm Balkore, words you pronounce wrong for 5, 10, 20, 40 years. Okay. So, but... It can't be about you. It can't be about you. And you have to say, you know, what can I do to make it better for this person? If you don't have that, if you don't have that, then you don't even, don't show up. Like I've had, I'm sure you have too, although you, you were in the classroom less than I, I've had people I work with who, like, just don't like the kids. Right? Either they're burnt out or they never like the kids. And you're right. And, and, and certainly sometimes limudichol, you have somebody who just teaches chemistry or just teaches, you know, algebra. I think the way to make a difference is know the kid. Like, you have to know by share who's shump. Like, I had another, I was teaching a guy. I said, you know, this guy, his father died when he was a little kid. I didn't know. How do you not know? Meaning guys like me, you know, I wear it on my sleeve. So do the kids who, who have these crazy stories. So you got to know, you got to care, and it can't be about you. So what, and this is the hardest thing to do. And this is a learning, you know, this is a learning thing for me. That I'll work with a kid, you know, and then the kid will move to the next stage. And okay, who are you? Okay, you know, it's not simple. But, you, you know, you have to be a grown-up. So because it was about you. So it was about the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's the title of a book. <clears throat> I'm just love them. Oh, I read that book. Unbelievable book. Unbelievable book. But there has to be a caveat to that. You, you have to love them for them. It's what you're saying. Robert you Trank, to, right? Yeah, Robert Trank. Yeah, which is, I mean, he was, he was off the charts. But you have to love them, but you also have to do something with them, which he did. But I'm just saying that you can't just, it's not just about loving them and therefore, you know, letting them, letting them get away with things and just because you love them. 
but it has to be you have to you have to 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 hope for them and to try to 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 try to to give them things that they're going to use not shape them but give them things that they're going to use to be able to shape their lives and make the right decisions i would, I would also add, add two things and then tell over the best story in that book and, and and that is that when i it's still a little bit but certainly much more so 36 years ago it was much more intimidating when you get, when you had the person who was some nicer than you and some smarter than you and a guy like that who simply didn't care how he looked but he just wanted to make the world a better place so and i'm not that guy so you have to know yourself and you have to say you know it would be nice if i'd be that guy but i'm not that guy so that's a hard thing to do in the base medrash and certainly when you walk into the classroom realize that you know you have to be able to do you know not everybody's going to be wayne gretzky Gotcha. Right, so <laughs> even I know who that is. That was the point. That's the point because he was so much better than anyone before and after. Right, he didn't just break the records; he shattered the records. So, so there's going to be people like this Rabbi Trink, and so you have to say to yourself, "No way, I'm ever going to be that guy." But you have to do now. The best story in the book is somebody comes to him and says, the "Guys from Adelphia, I think uh, I think they have a TV in their room." So he says, "Where'd you hear? You know, I was on the bus with them." Did you talk to them in learning? No. He said, wait. So the things, you know, the things that they're trying to hide, that you want to proclaim to the world. <laughs> what makes them human beings, what they're learning, where they're holding, that you don't know. You don't you see them at all. Like, brilliant. That's brilliant. But again, I, I hear it, you know, because there, there are those who will say that people like me set the bar too low. And, and one of the things your father, truthfully, to his credit, did in his Rabbanus was he set the bar very high. But, but, you know, I, I hear the point that there are people, there, there are people who, you know, will say, you know, you're expecting mediocrity. I hear it. I hear it. But look at the Paris 36 years later. Right, right, right. So no, don't, don't, worry, don't worry about what those people say. You look at the Paris. Correct. And, and, and I see the Paris because anybody who says to me that they even, they even know the name Hafter, I say, you know, know Rubinica? It's just, it, it, whatever. That's... Okay, it's, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to give you a comment. I am. But uh, again, you, if you, Jeffrey's auditioning to speak at my funeral. Should he outlive me? <laughs> so okay, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. You're not speaking to my. Oh, of course not. <laughs> that would be an interesting question at the 120. Well, let's, well, how's that going to work? How's that going to work? I'd like to know. Is it going to be all seven? All seven? Going to have to get up there? That, that's a nice conversation. Too. No, that is a horrible conversation. Thank you very much. This is why you don't have a podcast. And now we know. I'm behaving. Okay, thank you very much. We could uh, we can get into Zadie, but I think we've done we've no, done no, justice. You call well, me another time. I, I, we'll do another one. We can do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, one second. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. And um, if you're listening on YouTube, please uh, leave a like and a comment. It always helps us. And uh, he's out. Pass the challenge. <laughs>